0: From the era that brought you names like Chamberlain, Russell, and West.
1: The Chamberlain, he's got it. Jerry West made it from the other side of the mid-court strike.
0: To the glory days of Magic and Kareem. And Magic Johnson is on there celebrating. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is on the brink of an NBA all-time record. From a time where last-second shots were expected. Here comes Kobe. From way outside. Got it! Oh, yes.
1: man! Gets it to LeBron. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron dear. And rings were handed out like candy. One. Here's yes! all over, but some
0: have won. It's Duncan Dynasty with your host, Barry Bouguet, and it starts right now.
1: Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty. I am Garrett Bougay, and I've got my co-host back this week, Corbin Ford, to to talk all things about these last final weeks of the NBA season.
0: Corbin, first
1: off, uh, how you doing?
0: You know, I'm doing okay, man. It's great to be back here with you. Um, you know, just hanging out and talking basketball like we want to do on this show. Um, but other than that, man, I mean, we're a little bit away from the play in the playoffs, like. I mean, you gotta be a little excited, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, um,
1: I've, I've told you, uh, when, when we've talked that this year, it's been a little bit of a down year for me in terms of actually the amount of NBA I've consumed, but I feel like pretty much with every year, I, I sort of have a build up to the postseason Cause I just, I can't get enough of NBA playoff basketball and, and we're getting even more of that with the excitement of the play in and, and all of these races coming down the stretch. So, We're going to we're going to break all of that down and uh, should be should be a fun little shorter episode of of Duncan Dynasty than maybe you're all uh, listening are used to. But first, uh, Corbin, you know, uh, John Ollinger, a a guy that I know you're not a huge fan of. uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah, he
1: had a piece basically uh, sort of poking fun at LeBron's comments recently where LeBron, because uh, in part, you know, the Lakers being in the seventh spot in the West he, he mentioned that uh, whoever came up with the, the play-in should should be fired. And uh, John Holliger uh, came out with a piece saying that whoever came up with the play-in should be promoted because it uh, has done wonders for the excitement coming down the stretch of this regular season. Not only do you have, um, you know, those teams like your Lakers, your Mavs, your, your Blazers in the West and then the East, the, the Celtics and, and Heat and Knicks and Hawks, all of them battling to avoid being in the play-in. And then you've Mm -hmm. got your teams like your your Washingtons and your Torontos and your Chicagos in the East. And then in the West, you've got your New Orleans, San Antonio, Sacramento. They're all still battling it out to try to just get into the play-in. So really, you know, that was the, the big goal of the NBA was to make it so that, okay, all of a sudden, instead of it only teams only caring about getting home court advantage or just getting into the playoffs, now we have all of these delineations where it's important to be fourth, it's important to be sixth, it's important to be tenth now, and uh, it's also led to you know again one of your your guys Russ Westbrook and the Wizards having a fun little stretch here towards the end of the season.
0: Oh, they have. I mean, I'm not the playing obviously for as. You know, it's, it's between a rock and a hard place between LeBron and John Hollinger. I have to start with that because LeBron coming on saying that it's a stupid idea after and there's plenty of people who've done it being quoted a year ago saying that it was a good idea. And John Hollinger, I mean, I just don't like John Hollinger. I mean, we, we can go into that you know, I just, whatever. But the point being like having to choose between those two is not something I am um, looking forward to doing, but to go into the play and you're right, it, it does have its benefits in the sense that it keeps games interesting down the stretch. Normally, you know, we talked about before Garrett, how, you know, you've been kind of steadily ramping up your consumption NBA basketball, but like this would be normally around a time you can start to kind of tune out because players are going to be resting selectively and injuries going to pop up and seeding's is going to be kind of there. It's a modest level of intrigue, but not what it is now where you have people who don't want to Fall into that seventh, eighth, ninth seed, you know, for the plan When you have those who are already there, who are like, whoa, you know, if we had some injuries earlier in the year or something like that, this is our chance to kind of make some waves. Look at Washington; they were dead in the water for like the first couple months of the year, and they've been on a tear in the past month and a half. Russ been playing well, Bradley Beal's playing well, and all of a sudden, they look pretty good. Like, is there going to be anything more than a 1st on exit? Probably not. But the fact that they are still in the fight for a playoff spot where not even two years ago, they would have been dead in the water no matter what they did. It's a testament to the NBA trying to at least conjure up some level of interest um, extent throughout the season from beginning to end. And it, it also puts a sense of desperation and in some cases, irritation among teams and players who, for whatever reason are kind of falling out from where they were.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, given that the the playing is a thing now and the wizards are competing for a play in spot, as opposed to just, you know, tanking at this point, we can have our annual, uh, you know, people overrating Russell Westbrook and saying he's the the second best point guard of the 2010s, and you know this, uh, you know, uh, top uh, 25 player, as I know you uh, you like to uh, to call him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, always,
0: <laughs> all NBA baby. But no, it,
1: it genuinely has been fun watching watching Russ as of late, and and this Wizards team. That uh, that game against Dallas recently was a really really fun matchup. It came down to the wire, Dorian Finney Smith with a three to win that one. But uh, yeah, it, I agree with you. Yeah, in the past there, you know, you, you'd have a lot of games around now where yeah, teams would just be sitting a bunch of guys, and the games would be meaningless. You know, the the uh, teams would have a general idea of where they were positioned going into the postseason. But yeah, now this play-in has has caused all of these games to have a, a lot more intrigue and teams have to try a lot harder now. So, you know, speaking of the the possible play-in matchups and you know I'm not really considering like, okay, what what matchups are you interested in for the first game? Uh, I'm I'm more interested in Corbin. Okay, what are your uh, out of the teams that are realistically in that play in mix. What sort of uh, matchups would you like to see in that second play in game where it's a do or die sort of elimination contest? Uh, There there are some juicy options uh,
0: and and possibilities out there. Uh, You're right. I I think they, I would either, I mean, Lakers, if they have to be in it, they have to be in. Right. But honestly, one I would really look at would be Blazers warriors. Imagine, you know, and, and it's kind of already being talked about, but like, curry and dame with the seasons they've had curry more so than dame especially over the last couple of months but a do or die like to the finish are you like two of them just and you have Draymond green like these teams are not perfect otherwise they wouldn't be in these situations you know the supporting rosters for both these teams are kind of shaky but at the end of the day you have guys who are known for clutch shot making two of the best shooters you have in the nba from whenever just going just all to the wall because they have nothing to lose you know, and there are so many matchups and storylines I would love in that. That would be really intriguing. If I had to pick another one, um, if the Lakers happen to fall that way, as a Lakers fan, I feel kind of hard even putting them in there. I don't want to knock on everything. I don't want to put them there, but Lakers Warriors, why not get Curry and LeBron, you know, all the marbles, but for much lower stakes, it would be kind of crazy in the situation that they would be in, but I mean, if I mean, actually, would even ha- they have to lose a few? Honestly, the way the Lakers have been slipping, uh, uh notwithstanding their win over Denver, uh, the previous night, I-, I think it's still possible. Um, and yeah, I mean, that Blazers, Lakers, Blazers would be interesting, and if they play, um, this upcoming at the end of the week, and they're tied one to one, um, in the series, in the se- in the season series, and Denver is an interesting one, but Denver has the tiebreak over them, so like you could kind of picture any kind of combination between the Lakers, the Warriors, the Blazers, maybe the Mavericks. But I think any matchup that we pick is going to have Steph Curry in there because of the way he's been playing this season and the fact that the Warriors can put it on. You know, they can get beat down pretty bad this year, but they can also turn it on on anyone.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm sure Blazers fans would be absolutely terrified of Steph and Draymond in a one game.
0: Oh, exactly.
1: Given how much those two have really destroyed the Blazers over the last few years, including with Dame Lillard on the team. So uh, that would be fascinating. And yeah, just to see LeBron and Steph go at it one more time. I mean, we may never never get a LeBron-Steph Um, series ever again it's possible they've already played for the last time but to get one more between those two would just be fantastic Mm -hmm. Um, you know an interesting one for me in the east would be a a Miami Heat Washington Wizards matchup where Mm. you've got what I'm thinking there is you know, you've got two of these star players in Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler, who are just these maniacal competitors, <laughs> um, these guys that at times have been considered a bit of a hothead, but but they've kind of, uh, at least with with Butler in Miami and and Russ with Scott Brooks, they've kind of found a place where I think they're comfortable and they they seem to uh, to fit into the culture. But I think that would be a really, really interesting matchup as well.
0: That would be you're right on the eastern side. I mean, I any, think any team right now when you have a a, a quick. Um, like you said, a one game or, or to kind of solve the, to to end it all with uh, the the pres- the teams that we have, the players that we have here, Bradley Beal or Russell Westbrook. Like you said, the Miami Heat and and they have a strict parallels the Lakers in that you go from finals contenders one year to fighting for your playoff lives before it even began the next, and so you have that desperation. You have you know uh, a team that's been through some battles with the team that has been playing very well, and you think about the matches Bam out of bio, Jimmy Butler, and you know the the kind of substandard point guard play Miami's had. With just the just virtuoso performance of Russell Westbrook, the fact that Bradley Beal can go off, um, you've had other guys really step up for uh the Washington Wizards. Daniel Gafford's been playing really well. Robin Lopez gets at least a three or four minutes of action run through him. It would be very intriguing. The East has some nice combinations as well on that side.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, heading down the uh, these last couple of weeks of the regular season, we have some really key matchups to look out for that can affect those play-in possibilities. And you already mentioned the the uh, the Lakers Blazers game on on Friday, May 7th. We've got a uh, Toronto and uh, Washington game on uh, on May 6th, which, uh, you know, Toronto is three back. But if they win that. You know, that gives them a chance to potentially sneak up on on the Wizards. And then we've also got, you know, Boston and Miami are both in that range where they could still theoretically move up to four or five or they could drop to to uh, to seven and be in that play in. So Boston and and Miami play games on both the the ninth and 11th. So we've got some some really great matchups that are going to have, you know, big time consequences for who ends up uh, getting into the real postseason and who ends up having to, you know, play into the postseason.
0: Yeah. And, and honestly, I think the, the level of, and this is something in me as far as the storytelling aspect of it, the drama in that is kind of fun. And the fact that you're right, these are still being sorted out. You're, you're not having teams playing for positioning in the traditional sense of, Oh, I want to ease matchup. They're just trying to make it. You know what I mean? If I can get a little bit of separation from that deadly, you know, seven, eight, nine conundrum, all the better for it because you're not getting that rest the playoffs start literally the day after the plane is over so you know you're having this situation where it's like this is this is we're fighting for our lives out here <laughs> and it's on both sides of the table like you mentioned teams like boston you know that's kind of had an up and down year team of toronto that you know is behind but technically still in play it it's it's been a lot and it, it, it's kind of cool to see um from from that perspective in terms of team saying hey you know like the lakers injuries have hit them hard they do not want to go in this area because if they do you're already having lebron uh, potentially sitting out the next two games that i think i heard earlier so you know against the clippers against the blazers he's not going to be there so you're trying to nurse him back to health you just got anthony davis back you have dennis shooter gone for a while like you need all the time and continuity you can buy and you're not really gonna have a lot of it. all the more or all the less rather if you find yourselves in a playing tournament and that's just one team for example
1: Yeah. Uh, the news you're talking about with LeBron. Yeah. He's, uh, he's expected to miss both those, uh, games against the Clippers on Thursday and the Blazers on Friday to rest that right ankle, which, uh, was sore after that, uh, that last game he played on, I believe that was Sunday night. And, uh, he will uh, that apparently James will proceed cautiously with his ankle injury as playoffs as the playoffs approach but yeah that is uh, that has got to be very very concerning for for Lakers fans which I know you are one of those Corbin (laughs) unabashedly my friend yeah it's uh, it's one of those things where sure like obviously his health is is most important but given that you know, yeah, they might be in a play in situation or even if they aren't, even if they, you know, get to six or even five, which again, they're right there, right with, uh, with Dallas and and Portland record wise. Um, But even, even then, you know, they're likely going to have a pretty tough first round matchup Mm -hmm. and you would, you, you don't need, you don't just need
0: LeBron James on the floor. You need, you know, playoff LeBron. Exactly. You're uh, expecting a lot from him already. Like you said, we're not just getting LeBron, like in general, having his presence. That's great. No, we're talking about having LeBron full strength, full tilt. He likes to play himself into the playoffs. We know this, like this is additional for him, really turning it on by the second round, kind of filling that out. He's not going to have that opportunity. That is not something that's going to exist.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's it's very concerning, although for, you know, one positive for, for Lakers fans is that uh, Anthony Davis, after struggling in his first six games back, really looked good against the Nuggets.
0: He, he said we're back. He said <laughs> we back. And I have I have no choice, Garrett. I have no choice but to believe him. I mean, at least he's back. I don't know if the <laughs> Lakers are back, but uh, it looked
1: like Anthony Davis is back. Oh, man. Yeah, the, um, the the other interesting storylines, and I'll, I'll leave it up to you, Corbin, to kind of uh, pick which one, is more fa- which one of these is more fascinating to you. But we've got battles for, you know, outside of just fighting for the play-in, but within the, the top six seeds in each conference, we've got a battle for the number one seed in the West between the Suns and the Jazz. We've got a battle for the three seed in the West between the, the Nuggets and the Clippers. And then also in the East with uh, Milwaukee taking two straight against Brooklyn, all of a sudden the Bucs are right there to potentially get past the Nets for that two spot, and, and that would be big as well, given a, a potential second-round matchup. So, you know, which one of those are, are you most interested in following as
0: the season comes to a close? I, I think we have to kind of talk about the Bucs and the way they played. I feel like ne- we could touch on that. Next to me would be the – clippers and nuggets because it has been intriguing and that matchup is good although the nuggets has been hit with injuries that i just don't know how long they can sustain it against the clippers team kind of rounding back to health but i'm not gonna lie the the number one number two seed i i don't i i find i find it quite possible that of the team's made it to the conference finals yeah so like i don't have that big it's like 2016 and 2015 Atlanta Hawks in my mind for those two like great you get the number one scene and like the Suns have such a great story you know the Jazz have been playing well they definitely uh silence the haters who thought myself included they wouldn't be at the top of the West both last year and this year like great but like long term I there's just too many questions you have Donovan Mitchell's been out with the ankle injury and they're resting him like he's just going to be a uh just a, a panacea for the Jazz when everything's all said and done, alongside Rudy Gobert, and we've kind of seen their playoff struggles against the best of the best. Then you have the Phoenix Suns, who, you know, Chris Paul, great, and I don't doubt Devin Booker, despite not playing a playoff game, but the supporting cast, when it gets to crunch time, which the playoffs literally are, not only the to worry about that, but worry about Chris Paul in terms of how he plays in the postseason and how that all comes together there's just questions there that i i guess i don't really see the intrigue it's really nice for phoenix it'd be a great story for phoenix to come back from missing the playoffs 11 straight years to being number one in the western conference like that's great there's a there's a irony there that i find enjoyable but i really think looking at the bucks and where they are in, in, in conjunction with nets and the sixers i think that's something to kind of look at
1: yeah so uh I'll uh, respond to both of the things you you brought up there, and and I guess the the thing that uh, that I would like to ask you, Corbin, is you said you know you you could see it possibly being that both Phoenix and Utah are eliminated prior to the conference finals. Would you bet on that? I mean, I know part of it would be you know seeing actually how the bracket plays out, and and one team could you know there's a theoretical possibility where the Lakers, the Clippers, and the other one of Jazz Suns end up on one side and then the other team that I didn't mention between the Jazz and the Sun is on the on the opposite side of the bracket so they kind of get an advantage like what Portland had in 2019 where they were on the opposite side of what I believed was I think it was the Warriors Rockets and Jazz that year um yeah so, so yeah I mean Without uh, without having all of the information, would you bet on the fact that neither of the top two seeds will make the conference finals? I, I, on
0: the East, I don't – it's it's so wide open this year. It's so wide open, I don't know. On the West, I just feel like you have a Clippers team that isn't the front, but they're good. If the Lakers – I mean, they're still a good team. They have a lot to work out. But they are the defending champs. we are not going to put disrespect on them. And if they get LeBron back, if these two games or so is enough to ease him back in, then, yeah, we get desperation LeBron early. That's still one of the best players in the world alongside AD and a cast that kind of knows either what to do, has been there before, and Marc Gasol has flourished in other areas in a similar position. So I feel like you have that team to worry about. Um, I, I just think that the West is more right for an upset than the East. Um, I think in the East, it, it could be possible, especially if the Bucs don't take the one seed and the Nets do, but the Bucs already have the Nets number, and the Nets' problem is mostly on the defensive end to begin with, and the Bucs have really shown the ability to at least clamp down enough to keep them in check. That could be up in the air if James Harden comes back, because we haven't seen that happen as a matchup there. But I do find it interesting, and that's something that I think would, it's its very much in play. I would, I would go a lot more in the West, the, the odds of that happening, but you're right. I'd, I'd give it a, above 50% chance. I'd say 55 well, yeah, I was, I was
1: pretty much just exclusively referencing the West. I don't think, Oh,
0: good, good. I thought when you said number one seed, I'm sorry. No, you're right. I, 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 I think on the West is where, yeah, there's a, some legitimate concern for me there.
1: Yeah. Cause you know, there's a, there's a possibility say that, you know, the two seed, whether that's the, the jazz or the Suns, ends up playing the Lakers in round one. And then the uh, whoever ends up being the one seed could be playing like the, the Clippers who could end up at four in round two. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's, there's definitely that possibility, but uh, you know, given the question marks about the Lakers right now, and again, as I said, the question marks about how the bracket will pan out. If I had to, if I had to bet on it, I would say that at least one of the two between the Jazz and the Suns will make the conference finals. But uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. But yeah, getting to the 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 talk about the the Eastern Conference and the and the Bucks approaching the Nets. It looks like Philadelphia is going to. You know, as long as they don't have a collapse down the stretch, they'll be the one seed. But if Milwaukee's able to overtake Brooklyn in that two spot, uh, I, I've, been, I've been tooting the, the, the Bucks horn all season saying that do not count them out. I think this team is very much, uh, you know, I, I think with Drew Holiday, with the extra, with the additional shooting that this team has, that they've got another gear that they can get to in the postseason than they've had in years past. And all of a sudden, we've seen it with a couple of wins against the Nets, albeit, you know, with Brooklyn without James Harden. But we don't know the status of Harden right now. We don't know what that situation is going to look like. And also, you know, we don't know how great the three of them are going to play together because we just haven't seen too much of it.
0: Seven games is a very small sample size.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, I think the the you know Milwaukee jumping Brooklyn potentially and getting home court advantage in that second round series, you know, could be could be huge in determining who gets to the Eastern Conference Finals.
0: Honestly, I mean, yeah, that that top, especially like you said, we had a classic this past Sunday. I didn't really catch this one, but um, by the time I'm recording this, uh, they like you said they won again tonight. So it, it seems like we've had some really good games so far. Um, between those two and matchups, there you can't discount Philadelphia and how they are when they have you know Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons healthy. Um, and together they have a much a stronger supporting cast, in my opinion. I mean, this is it's going to be very, very interesting. And I think you're right. You're we're going to clearly see kind of what's going on there.
1: So looking forward, you know, past the play and into the playoffs, this can be any round that that you want to you want to focus on, Corbin. But what are some, you know, maybe just a couple of potential series that that you just feel like we have to see as an NBA fan? This is the series that uh, we we want and we deserve. Uh what what would be uh, what would be your picks?
0: I mean, listen, I'm not going to know like off the top of my head how it could work out, but I'd love to see a Clippers Suns Western Conference Finals.
1: Interesting. Okay, so yeah, tell explain to me sort of what what intrigues you about that beyond the uh, what seems like a feud between Paul George and uh, CP3
0: and Booker? You have two teams that have not r- passed that threshold. You have a team in the Clippers who haven't even reached that threshold before. You have a guy in, in Chris Paul who this is probably one of his better chances of, of, of actually getting to the finals at that point. You know, how they get there. You have a team with the Clippers with a desperation of not only keeping Kawhi, but kind of having justification in this current iteration of the team. You know, having that sense. And of course, you add that with a little bit of salt because, of course, salt is the season and it makes everything better. And that's how you have this perfect type of of matchup. And how do the Suns hold Paul George and Kawhi in check because Paul George been going off? How does the Clippers in check and in, in, in then in their end keep hold of, of Devin Booker and Chris Paul and how he's been able to play really well the last couple of matchups against the Clippers? Um, which members of the supporting cast kind of come up and, you know, really shine uh, when the lights are brightest. And I think you have all of that alongside the historic umness of uh, both teams trying to reach someplace that they've not been in Phoenix for years or the Clippers ever.
1: Yeah, that's a really, that, that would be really fun. Yeah. Two teams that are structured around two stars with a solid, deep supporting cast uh, two teams, I think are well coached. And uh, yeah, as you said, two teams and two, two franchises that haven't gotten to the mountaintop. So they would be playing for a pretty high stakes there. Yeah, that is a that is a great one. Is there anything else uh, something maybe in the in the Eastern Conference a series that you would be hankering for?
0: Um in the Eastern Conference, I I think we just got to stick with uh, give me give me Bucks Nets. Give me seven games of what we saw. You know, uh, ideally all healthy, but again, you have Giannis and KD. You have Drew Holiday, and Kyrie Irving, you have the individual matchups. What James Harden's going to do. You have Chris Middleton still there. You have the wild card. Who is the wild card for both those teams? Their benches are very interesting, very intriguing kind of pieces that can come up. Jeff Green's played well. Can Blake Griffin give you a throwback series? You know, it's a lot there. And you also have two coaches that I think are going to be intriguing matchup-wise. And it should be a lot of fun, at least on the offensive end, for sure.
1: Yes. I mean, yeah, the like you, I haven't watched the most recent matchup, but I did catch the one uh, the one prior to that. And, and yeah, Giannis going for 49 Durant going for 42. Yeah. The, the, nets do not have an answer for Giannis and it would be fascinating to see what Steve Nash does on a game by game basis, you know, because in that game where Giannis put up nearly 50, they they just let him go one-on-one all, all game. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, he, he torched them. So I, I don't think that strategy would work. Um so it, it'll be fascinating to see, you know, how do you double? How do you, how do you, you know, do things where you, you make things difficult for him? And then also with Milwaukee, another one of the reasons why I'm a little more optimistic about them is that they're doing less of just that Giannis dribbling at the three-point line and, you know, um, attacking with, with guys spacing the floor. They've done a lot more with him as the screener, and also, you know, he'll set a screen and then, you know, they'll get a switch, get a mismatch, and then they'll throw it to him with the ball at the free throw line. And so yeah. he's attacking from 23 feet. He's attacking from 15 feet. And he's got a better matchup. You know, those are the, the little things that uh, I also think Giannis seems to be improved as far as his comfortability, you know, with that little uh, 10 to 15-foot jumper. Also, going in there with those little jump hooks, those spins. So, uh, yeah, that matchup would be fascinating. And obviously the, it's really difficult to stop the, the Brooklyn Nets, regardless if they have two or three of their stars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that I agree with you. That would be a fascinating series. Um, you know, a couple, I'll, I'll mention a couple that I, uh, that I feel like I would, I would really like to see, and it's getting less and less likely now that we're going to get a uh, you know conference semifinal or even conference finals matchup between the Lakers and Clippers, but oh, man, I still man. really want it. Um, I, I uh, you know the, their regular season matchups have have usually been when both teams are at full strength have been excellent. Uh, so I would love to see that played in a seven game series. You've got the additional storyline of LeBron's former coach now a Ty Lue as the head coach of the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's, uh, you know, obviously it, Montres Harrell, <laughs> Montres Harrell, exactly Rajon Rondo.
0: Uh, oh, you're right about that. Yep, the Battle Boogie, of L.A. Cousins.
1: Mean, <laughs> yep, there's, there's so many storylines, so much drama, and and beyond just the drama, I think the basketball would be really fascinating as well. So that would be that would be one. And uh, in the in the Eastern Conference, you know, I would love to see. Boston, Philly. I, uh, you know, they they've played. I think two two or three times in the last five or six years. Boston has typically had the the Sixers' number, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know, Philly looking a lot better this year. They'll be the higher seed. Uh, hopefully, you know, Embiid going into that series would be fully healthy. You know, he's obviously struggled with that in previous postseasons, and 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 Ben Simmons, of course, was out last year in that series, so seeing those teams at full strength, I think would be a really fascinating matchup. And again, another situation like Brooklyn, unable to really match up with Giannis. I struggle to see anybody on Boston that can deal with Embiid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think that would be a, a, a truly fascinating series. And again, with between two, uh, two cities and two franchises that certainly don't like each other.
0: No, that's for sure. And again, I think some of it, like you have to take into account, there's some bad blood in there. That's interesting. I think always makes a good match. particularly spicy. And you mentioned plenty right there with the back and forth between the two. So I guess the the last
1: thing I wanted to to talk to you about, Corbin, before we we wrap up here is just, you know, again, with with teams having less than 10 games left in their regular seasons. Is there anything from a particular contender or maybe individual players on a contender? Is there anything that you feel like you need to see that these teams, maybe one of these teams still has to prove to you for you to fully believe in them that they can maybe accomplish in these next eight or nine games prior to the postseason starting?
0: (sighs) Out of all of them, I, I mean, on the West, I don't really have a whole lot. Portland, let's see what Portland can do. You know, Portland's been kind of underwhelming. I think that Terry Stotts is definitely going to be gone at the end of this year. But right now, they remain in the number seven seed. They own the tiebreaker over Dallas. They're tied one-on-one with the Lakers. They have a matchup on Friday. Um, you know, they would if the players were to start right now, they'd be facing Steph Curry and the Warriors in a playing game. Do the Blazers have a, enough to finally at least at this point, safe face, another tough first round exit, you know, at least getting to the playing game, because you had a lot talked about them. You know, they had a, they, they, um, Damian Lillard went on a tear last season in the bubble. You know, they kind of ran out of steam. Well, he ran out of steam and uh, players got injured and, you know, they kind of fizzled out against the Lakers for sure. But, you know, you make moves, you bring in Robert Covington, you bring in Derrick Jones Jr. Then again, you have injuries and inconsistencies. You bring in Rondé Hollis Jefferson, despite not, adequately using in my opinion jones and covington so there's a lot of questions there that i have um i'm just usually down in portland in general but this is their time i think to really come in and 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 try to uh, at least make up some ground see what they can do try to avoid the plane if possible and kind of see where things shake out they had a great chance to jump dallas on monday but you know they they missed it they lost to the hawks so like what are they going to do they have a, the seventh, uh the hardest strength, is remaining schedule. Um, and they need to kind of clinch it. Yeah.
1: Portland is, is fascinating because you know, the, the, the numbers on that new starting lineup with, with Dame CJ, Norm Powell, Covington and Nurkic that, that five man unit has been really good. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, they've still obviously been, been really poor defensively. The, the bench units with, with Cantor and Mello, they, they're, they're basically a turnstile. So yeah. What, uh, what can, what can stats do over these last couple of weeks to really make it feel like they are a, a team that could win around? Cause yeah, I I'm kind of with you there where their defense has just been so bad all year that I, I just question whether they're a, a legitimate team come post season mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they, they have been better defensively when Nurkic has been out there, but you know, Nurkic isn't going to be able to play. I don't think. Uh, I guess he he did in the bubble. He played about forty minutes a game in the bubble for uh, for that short run they had. But uh, um, he hasn't been quite the same player even as the bubble. And uh, you know, the again the the Blazers defense has just been so porous. It'll be interesting to see. And for me on in the the Eastern Conference side, I, I'm telling you, I mentioned those couple of Celtics Heat games coming up here in this next week or so. I am going to be laser focused on those matchups, not only for the fact that, yeah, they have these major playoff uh, seating ramifications, but also just can one of these two teams really get it together? Cause I still believe in the talent on both of those rosters, but, but neither team has fully been able to put it together, but maybe, you know, at the right time, if you can, if you've got that high level talent and you can start playing your best basketball going into the playoffs, maybe one of those teams can can pull off an upset.
0: And you're right, getting hot at the right time. That's kind of what some of this is. You know, you have some of the shock the world stories. Team catch a hot stretch, get out, you know, got some continuity, just able to knock down threes that the Clippers have all year, you know, whatever the case may be. And you're right, these kind of remaining games, yeah, you're playing for something no matter if it's standing, you know, rounding into form, whatever the case may be. But you do have the unexpected possible bonus of getting hot at the right time and really making some noise.
1: All right, Corbin. Well, yeah, this was this was a blast. Uh, just uh, kind of uh, riffing on some things that excite us here coming down the stretch. Thank you so much, as always, for for coming on
0: and taking the time. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you, and as uh, always, man. Till next time.
1: Thanks so much for listening to Duncan Dynasty. Please, if you can, if you have a moment, go to iTunes and uh, give us a rating and review. Preferably five stars And uh, if you could give any thoughts About what you like about the show That would be much appreciated We are also on Spotify So uh, you can give us a rating On there as well If you'd like to find some other content Outside of this podcast You can find me on Twitter At Garrett Bougay That's G-A-R-R-E-T-T B-U-G-A-Y I will be Uh tweeting various uh, NBA thoughts as well as some, some thoughts on some other uh, interests of mine including soccer and film and television so uh, if you're looking for some of my takes throughout the, the course of the week you can find me there. You can find my co-host Corbin Ford on Twitter at Corbin NBA. that's C-O-R-B-A-N NBA so uh, he, uh, he does, a, d- does a good job on Twitter as well he's very active I'm also doing uh, some work as a contributor for Rip City Project, which uh, does all things Blazers. So if you're looking for some written content, you can check those websites out. Corbin also does his own pod on the side called NBA Today. Uh, he, uh, he does some some fun work over there. So so please, I encourage you to check that out. But uh, thanks so much again for, for listening, and have a great rest of your day.